Welcome to the One to Nine podcast for interesting insights and knowledge from animals and other beings within multidimensional Hello, realms. Hello, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back and we're talking again today with some more fairies. And I want to do a little follow up. Um, the art fairies and the house fairies had said that my house was not balanced in the back room where I'd had other people's art. And so I've been moving my art around and rearranging it. And I want to hear from the art fairies, if you don't mind, Diana, to tell me if the art that I've added to the back room, which are some of some of my paintings and a couple photographs of the flowers, um, are helping balance the energy in this house. Okay, so yes, they are saying, now this is not just the art fairies in the back room. These are the fairies throughout your first floor. And they're saying, yes, the energy is more balanced between the front and the back of your house, but it's still not quite the same. Um, I think you just, they're saying you need to wait a little bit more because energy takes time to clear or develop um, uh, because these art is not static. The energy in works of art is not static. It's always just moving around. And also they're saying, hmm, uh, okay, I don't know how much time you spend in that back room now, but if you spend more time in there, it will help to sort of like foster the same kind of energy that you have in your front room. Oh, interesting. So the art fairies and the art itself is working on clearing the energy over time. It takes time for it to clear all the energies. And what is the benefit of me spending more time in there? Which I do spend time in there maybe when it's warmer out, but it's very cold right now, so I don't spend as much time there. Yeah, so somehow the fact that your energy combined with the energy that exists in the room already, combined with the energy from the art, all works to so like have a certain level of energy. And they're saying because you're not spending as much time in the back room, the energy is not quite the same. One thing you could do to help speed up. So like, you know, um, well, I spent my time in there this morning. Did that help? I spent my time journaling in the back room this morning. Yes. Yes. Sure. It helped. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, Tom, thank you. And I'll, uh, I'll check back in. Yeah. Time to time. You're saying, you know, okay, everything's going to work out. You know, <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So I think that today we're going to move on to the fairies um, at Diana's B&B in Chincoteague Island in Virginia. Um, they have stepped up to ask to be on the podcast, and I believe they're all very excited about being on. So, Diana, you want to you want to tell us what they're what they're saying, what they're doing right now and. Okay. What they have to share for us? Well, right now, like ever since we started talking about having podcasts about fairies, they were really excited. And um, the ones in Chincoteague, they actually started thinking about, you know, how, how to transmit their, their part of the conversation to us. Since we're actually, me and Karen are not in Chincoteague, right? We are in Washington, D.C. So they came out with this, it looks like an old-fashioned kind of transistor radio or something like this. <laughs> okay. And they're gathered around it, and they're sort of like twirling the dials. <laughs> and, 
And so like, yes, yes, we could hear you. You know, um, you're coming through loud and clear. So they, they're giving me kind of like the thumbs up sign. So, uh, yeah, they're good to go. All right. That's awesome. okay. They're saying that it's actually pretty cold there. So the ones that are outside, they're now inside just because it's cold outside. Although they do love being outside, both the indoor and out, indoor house fairies and then the house gnomes down there. Oh, so the outdoor fairies are actually gnomes in Chincoteague. Well, this there there's like two different kinds down there. Mm-hmm. You've got the fairies and the gnomes, and they look quite different, although they're, they're about the same size. So the fairies look like, I mean, I see them as like regular little, little people, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and the gnomes look like what we imagine gnomes to look like, you know, like the statues of, of garden gnomes that lots of people have. So, but, and they're not really related. However, they're part of this larger community that's down there. Um, so they know basically all the other fairies and gnomes um, on Chincoteague. On the whole island. Yeah. I mean, the island's pretty small. I have to ask a question um, because we talked about cats and dogs briefly before, and they had cat attendant fairies and then there were dog attendant fairies. And Chincoteague is famous for its ponies. And I'm just wondering if there's <laughs> pony attendant fairies. Well, pony attendant fairies or pony fairies in general. <laughs> okay, the fairies and gnomes we're talking to now, they're a little bit disappointed by this question because it's taking the focus off them. Well, we can come back to uh, the pony fairies after we're done with them. Then, if they would like, because I yeah. didn't mean to—I didn't mean to distract us. I just, yeah, they thought we're, we were going to be talking to them. All right, let's talk to and them. And they've already waited a couple of weeks. So. Yes, and they're they're present. So, can they accept my apology? Yes, yes, they they do. Yeah, they're saying you're fine. You're fine. Okay, but we want to talk about us. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, how many different fairies are there? Types of fairies and fair in quantities of fairies. I think we had like ten repelling fairies in my house. So, how many fairies are there in this this rather large bed and breakfast house? Okay, so you're seeing there like there's about five in each room, and you 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 may wonder why why the fairies would be specific to each room. Um, it's because each room kind of like has a different kind of energy to it because each room has a different kind of flowered wallpaper on it. So there's some of the fairies prefer one wallpaper as opposed to an, a wallpaper in another room. Okay. That's, that's why they're fairies. That that's why they choose the room they right. chosen. Exactly. Exactly. So there's five for each room. So that means... I don't know. There's like 40, 45 fairies there. Wow. That's a lot of them. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. It is a lot of fairies. So what what is their role in each room? What do they do? Well, they're on vacation there. This is like a permanent (laughs) vacation for them, you know. They don't really have to do anything. So they're vacation fairies in a vacation bed and breakfast. (laughs) That's right. Okay, and but they're so they're just hanging out there because they like like it there. Yeah, right? no, they like it there. Yeah, so they're not doing any work at all. They're not clearing the area, keeping it clean, making sure that guests are happy. Nothing. Oh well, you know, 
that's not really work for them. That's part of, they consider that as part of creating a nice environment for themselves. Okay. Um, so they're doing this, uh, well, for obviously for people that stay there, provided that they're nice people. If they're not nice people, then they kind of like find ways to get rid of them. <laughs> play, play tricks on them? Like, what do they mean, get rid of them? They're not like... I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they mean. Um, there was one time, though. Oh, okay, sometimes when me and my husband, or just me or my husband go down there, it's like, I I kind of like feel that there's, there's... They're very sad when we leave, right? There was one time where I really felt that. And um, every time we started to leave, I would look back at the house... And I realized, oh, there's still a light burning. That happened three times, even though I thought I'd actually gone through the house, making sure all the lights were off. So, I don't know, I just thought they were maybe telling me in a more visible way that they were really sad, maybe even a little angry that we're leaving. Um, so, yeah. But that's that's kind of like an aside. They're not really mean fairies, you know. Of course, they're not mean. Um but they're very happy that um, the Chinkatee House is going to be turned into a bed and breakfast where more people will be there, more nice people will be there a lot of the time. And I will be down there a lot of the time. So they're really happy about that. Um, so their happiness actually makes the energy there more positive. Okay. Which is actually part of their, I mean, if you want to call it work, they don't mm -hmm. think of it as work. That's why they say they're on vacation all the time. Right. Well, I just asked them what they did. You know, they could have said, <laughs> you know. Well, they also go to the beach, too. Oh, they do go to the beach. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, do they know. ride the ponies? <laughs> <laughs> when they come across them, the ponies are not really at the beach. Um, or unless they go to the acetate part of the beach oh, okay. and then the ponies are there. Oh, okay. Um, but the ponies are kind of like too big for them. Oh, all right. All right. I thought maybe, a, you know, a whole uh, bunch of fairies could get but on the, one pony. They could, yeah. But they like to visit with the ponies too. Because mm -hmm. lots of times the ponies are just standing around, you know, chewing the grass and eating, right? So the fairies go and visit with them. Oh, okay. And with all the birds down there, too. Oh, they love flying on the birds. Oh, so they're much more interested in flying around on the birds than yeah. riding the ponies. Right, right. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> now, do they fly around on the birds to get to the beach and back? Oh, they've got multiple ways of getting there. They can teleport themselves. They can just think, oh, I'm at the beach now. Um, they can ride along with people, you know, in their cars on the rooftops of the cars when people bike to the beach, you know, they can hop on the bike basket or whatever, the person. Um, yeah, they've got different ways of getting around. They Fairies themselves can fly too. So, mm -hmm. But of course, that requires a bit of exertion. So because this is a vacation, they, they opt for more... Um, Less strenuous ways mm -hmm. of getting around, which makes sense. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, they love ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so do you ever feel like a fairy yourself when you're, like, drawn towards ice cream and you have to go get some? 
What do you feel? You're sharing it with the fairies when you're eating it? Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, they've got their own kind of like virtual ice cream, I guess. Um, flower nectar and stuff like that. Oh, wow. That gives us some ideas, doesn't it? <laughs> flower nectar ice cream. I wonder if there is such a flavor yet. <laughs> I mean, there's lots, there's lots of flowers down there, lots of plants. There's uh, various kinds of flowering plants around the front porch of uh, the Chinkity House, and also my neighbor in the back. She's got this incredible garden, unbelievable, really all kinds of plants, all kinds of flowers, and even sort of like miniature fruit trees. So do they go over there to that garden and harvest some um, nectar and come back and make ice cream with it? Uh, yeah, that's one of the things they do. They also just like kind of like uh, uh, walking around in the garden and just sitting under the plants and relaxing. Yeah. What about roses? Do they like oh. to hang out in the roses? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Do they have a favorite flower? They've got a... No, they're saying no, not one favorite. They like them all. Mm-hmm. So that's what the house fairies do. So they're not really house fairies. They're indoor and outdoor fairies. I see. And they're they're not mountaineering fairies at all. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. There are some of them there that are mountaineering fairies. Um, or is it just the gnomes? No, it's some of them. They've learned this from the gnomes. Um, because one of the favorite things the gnomes like to do is actually slide down the banisters. <laughs> I know. They just go, and then when it gets to the end, right, they just go flying up off the banister, and they don't mind if they just go splat. But they're not, they don't hurt themselves, you know. So the fairies have seen all this, and they they, they started doing that. And then there's also, they like climbing up the windows and stuff, but that's compared to kind of like the top toboggan ride down the banisters, it's not as exciting. I see. Okay. So. So how many gnomes are out there? Okay. Gnomes are not particular to the rooms. Right. Gnomes are, they're particular to the house. And um, again, like the fairies, they're both indoor and outdoor gnomes. There's probably about 10 to 15 gnomes. And there are gnome families, like a gnome community? Yeah, it's a gnome community. Okay. It's not like gnome babies, children. Um, okay, so like they're saying the gnome community is actually the larger Chincoteague gnome community. Oh, okay. Um, and so they all know each other. Um, so yeah, they're saying they, there are families there. And, um, yeah, there's even a couple in my Chincoteague house, gnome families. And normally do they live outside and they're just in for the winter or? Um, they, they're saying it depends. What does it depend upon? You know, it just depends on how they're feeling. Sometimes it gets really hot outside. Oh. So even during the summertime, they still like to be inside where it's cooler, as long as the AC is on. Wow. <laughs> then, oh, wow, wow. Yeah, I know. See, I'm telling you, it's like, these are not your your regular, I was going to say working class. Like your... your... Fairies and gnomes, you know. Okay. These are ones that's... That their mindset is permanent vacation. <laughs> um, but you also have to understand that even though they're thinking they're on permanent vacation, things to create a, a very nice environment for themselves and an ext- 
and in, ex in extension for anybody else that's actually in that house and in the area. Okay. So we had talked, um, not on this podcast, but we had talked um, before about there being um, a huge community and family of families of gnomes around my parents' house in Erie, Pennsylvania. And those were mostly outdoor gnomes. And they were my, you know, that's a big family house and there's family stuff going on and there were family gnomes and, and, uh, you know, that community seemed to be mostly living outside year round and it was very cold there. And that's totally different than the Tinkatig ones, which are more of a vacation area. <laughs> and the gnomes there are like... It's like, what do they call them? Snowbirds that go like to Tinkatig to like just chill out and to have an easy life. <laughs> Their life is not easy. Okay. But the mindset is different. The gnomes in Erie, Pennsylvania, in your parents' house, they're kind of like, the mindset is not vacation there. Uh -huh. They're working. Okay. They've got stuff to do every day. Like, I don't know. Chopping virtual wood, gathering stuff, uh, cleaning things up. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like life inside the house, too. Yeah. The gnomes in Chincoteague, their mindset is different. I don't know why. It just is. They're more <laughs> relaxed about stuff. Well, maybe it's because we're further south. Could Theoretically, the further south you get, the more relaxed people get. Uh, I, heard it, I heard it's they're more polite. They're more polite in Chinkatig. Are they? I don't know. Yes, they are. They are more polite. Yes. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, the fairies and gnomes are more polite, too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> so, do these um, fairies, do they have, I mean, I... I guess one of the questions that came up that I, I had to delay asking is, are there kitchen fairies there? Kitchen fairies? Yeah, in your Chincoteague Airbnb or bed and breakfast because you're, as a B&B, &B, the kitchen's kind of used to serve the clientele. Okay. Well, okay. Now, it's not really a B&B &B yet. Okay. It used to be a B&B &B before 2018. Um, so they are telling me that, yes comes a and b in August of this year again, there will be fairies there who are ready to help me in the kitchen because um, that's where, even though their vacation mindset, okay, they, they want guests and also themselves, the fairies also, and the gnomes to have good food to eat. And so even though I will be the primary maker of this food, they want to create a nice atmosphere and good energy for me to actually create delicious food. So that's 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 what's going to be happening. There's going to be a small contingent of fairies that will help to do that. Now, I kind of feel like I already know the answer to this question, but couldn't the fairies just go ahead and prepare all the food for you? <laughs> yeah, if you want to eat virtual food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, what the heck? Create, they, they can make food for themselves to eat, but I don't think I would be serving food that they make 
to like 3D human guests. Okay, but just indulge me for a minute because, you know, there are people that talk about eating something like prana, which is energy, and these fairies, I'm assuming, are doing that, right? They're they're consuming prana to... Yeah, but they're also sort of like... Like ice cream prana. Right, they're, they're, they're turning it into virtual... Things that we can identify. Right. So like a a muffin prana and right. Right. Smoothie pranas, whatever they're eating that's Yes. That's of their interest. So So what they're doing is when I'm actually creating food from like three D non virtual ingredients, they're adding their energy to that food. So the food will have a higher or a stronger or a what? It will how have they like describe a fairy vibration? It'll have a fairy vibration. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just say there's an adage that says you are what you added, eat. Added bonus. So well, you, not, not okay. Not it's, it's fairies themselves won't be in the food, you know. No, I know, but it says the, you know the adage is you 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 are what you eat. So if you're eating this fairy vibration food, are you going to then you feel better? You'll feel better, but you have some of those more intrinsic qualities of a fairy. Yeah, you'll be more relaxed. You'll enjoy yourself. Sillier, maybe? You'll, uh, could better be sense of humor? Better, yes, yeah, exactly. Better sense of humor. They actually like, I was going to say play, playing pranks, but these are, they're like being silly. Um, they're not serious. Okay. Right. So so this is a really interesting aspect of fairies that I hadn't ever thought of before. And I don't know who else has thought of. I guess we could do some research on it. But food prep fairies, you know, to bring, you know, this 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 higher vibration or not higher, but, you know, more playful and more relaxed vibration to the food that you're preparing is awesome. I and mean, do I have those fairies in my kitchen when I'm cooking? Because I... I work on that all the time. Um, let's see. Um, what are they saying? You got to pay attention to it, and then they will they will start to do that. Okay. And so, if I could do that, anyone could do that. We could invite the fairies into the kitchen to help us prepare the food. Yeah, that's right. I mean, well, theoretically, anybody could do that, but you kind of like have to know you yourself have to be at a certain energy level. <laughs> Am I at that energy level? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if you're called to do it, you're probably at that energy level, maybe. Right. If you're not called to do it, then do some work on yourself to enhance your spiritual or energetic character is, you know, the... Or, okay. They're, they're saying something to qualify this, right? Okay. It's like, okay, even though the person, say, we're not talking about our houses now. We're mm-hmm. talking about sort of this hypothetical person somewhere out in, in D.C. Even though this person... In D.C., you mean... Out in the world somewhere. We're talking about this region. This person could believe in fairies, but perhaps they don't believe that they could, they have, they're not at quite at that energy level where they can ask fairies to, to help them bring more energy into their food. But the fairies who are actually within their space could be thinking, okay, well, this person needs help. We'll just go and help them. Oh, so the fairies could just automatically help. Well, I'm just putting it out there right now that I... Would like to be aware of the fairies and thank them for showing up to help me if they haven't been already, because that would make me really happy. Yeah, okay, it makes them happy too, you know, because it's all part of sort of like making the environment that you and the fairies, as well as the human people, um, making their environment um, more 
better, you know. More better. <laughs> yeah, more better. <laughs> we need a... Uh, we need an English... Yeah, we need like some here. kind of more poetic uh, <laughs> fairies to like intercede here. How can we state this? Uh, but seriously, I put a lot of, you know, a lot of um, care into my food prep and, you know, choices of what I'm doing. And I would love to know that the fairies are adding their magic. But okay, they could have been doing this all along. However, I didn't know that they were doing this until I actually, you asked that question. And then they actually told me that, yes, this is what they do, right? This is what they will be doing down there. So it could be that they've been doing this all along for you and for me, you know. Well, can we ask them? Have they been doing it all along? Um, yeah, to a, to a lesser extent. And they will be now because I'm aware. Right. That I'll be thinking of this when I actually prepare food. Just since we're on the subject a little bit, I want to say that, you know, as I walk through my house now, I'm more aware of the fairies uh, hanging with the art pieces and moving around my house myself after our conversations. And so I'm grateful that, you know, we had this time to kind of expand my awareness at least of the fairies and, and hear what they had to say. So the Chincoteague fairies and gnomes, do they have something specific that they would like to say that I haven't asked yet or you haven't asked yet? Okay. Well, they're saying that they believe that relaxed and happy and this and in this vacation mindset all the time because they live in the moment. They don't really worry about the future. So that's their message. So the idea of living in the moment and that that ability for the fairies to to accomplish that is is considered a fairly high exalted state of being and it's an advice that comes from many many gurus and wise ones say that and I'm just I have a question for the fairies because I understand they're doing that, but they can do that because someone else, namely Diana, is providing them with a house, electricity, <laughs> um, you know, a place, a building, you know, some an environment for them to do that. And, you know, what, so for Diana to completely live in the moment, she still has to be thinking, well, can I make enough money to pay the AC bill next month off of this place, you know, or how much should I charge for the muffins? And it, it, it pulls her, you know, forward and backwards in the timeline quite often. And it's, it's hard to stay completely in the moment at every time for, for the person who's doing this, you know, work so that they can be in the moment. For, for the fairies. For the moment, yeah. The fairies and the gnomes can be in the moment because Diana's over there basically serving them with her work, <laughs> so this, which this, is not entirely in the moment because that's what it takes for her to, to create this environment for the fairies to be in the moment. So <laughs> I can understand that there's a symbiotic relationship there because they're adding energy to her life and to the food and to the, the, the building and, and to the whole process of what she has to do. But at the same time, could the roles be reversed where the fairies are doing the work and Diana can sit there <laughs> being in the moment the whole time? Just asking the fairies that question. Is it not a possibility? Um, well, 
Yeah, sure. The work, okay, this is what they're saying. Um, oh, even, even that can be solved. Okay. So um, they can engineer things so that whatever things need to get done will, in, in, like to make the B&B run, spending too much time arranging or organizing or managing things. Oh, they're saying they're, they're, yeah, they wouldn't mind. Or they would be pleased to take on roles like that. Okay, that's, that's. I mean, that's awesome. That's awesome. So basically we're working towards a little bit more balance. Now, have we officially asked for that by just having this conversation? Um, kind of, kind of not. Design. Diane has to ask herself. Uh, one thing I do know is that um, I'm relying on them. I haven't asked them, right? But because they're bringing so much positive energy to to the place, I'm relying on them to actually attract the right kind of bed and breakfast guests, okay? And enough of them, too. So you hear that, fairies. No, as you hear that, okay? <laughs> Diana's making a request, just putting it out there. Part of our job. But but see, they don't really think of it as a job, right? Well, that's, that's fine. That's what they do. I think that's awesome that they don't, they don't, I mean, the idea that... And, and also, when things like, okay, um, uh, if Diana needs help with the cleaning, uh, they'll arrange it so that, I don't know, somebody will show up. Diana won't really have to go searching extensively for, you know, uh, uh, somebody to help with the cleaning. That's how they will help. Right. Okay. And so we can extrapolate that to anybody who has high enough, I, I hate using the word high enough, but has a real relationship with the fairies that they can actually be helpers as not so much work, but just they can they can show up and they can be part of your life and they can make things a lot easier and they can work with you. And so you can reach more of a balance in your own life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're relying on them to help you organize things, right. You don't have to stress out about things. Right. You just know that with their help, you know, things will, things that are supposed to happen are going to happen. So I'm wondering if these Chinkatig fairies, um, or any fairies, it doesn't really have to be the Chinkatig fairies. And gnomes too. And gnomes. gnomes. Right. Could actually, you know, give us a little outline for like, not so much a course, but instructions for how to, they don't have to do it right now, but, you know, we can invite them back because that, that might be a longer, a little course on how to actually become acquainted with the fairies, um, work with fairies, use them and enjoy them and, you know, kind of make their own lives more peaceful and balanced by incorporating fairies or, you know, some kind of fairies into their entire life. Um, I, I, so like this concept of course is a little bit foreign to them. Well, it's um, instructions or, you know, steps and how to reach the point where Diana is, where you, you, you know, you see the fairies and you're communicating with the fairies and you, um, can work with them collaborate with them is probably a better word than work with them right um or co-create with them kind of like i do with the art is co-create with the fairies right they're saying that they, they have to think about and that's fine but we'll we'll expect them yeah to... because they they've not really thought about this previously okay you know? um well, that's fine. You know, they can get back to us whenever. That was just a question I threw out there. So is there a special message maybe from the gnomes 
What was that a collective message that we got before about living in the moment from the gnomes? And oh the no, it was gnomes and the fairies. Yeah. Okay, the gnomes and the fairies. And I mean, it could be that is specific to the ones that are on Chincoteague, right? Because they're of this vacation mindset. <laughs> <laughs> it could be indeed. Well, that begs another question. Then, are there plenty of fairies and gnomes in areas where they tend to be heavy in vacation areas that are similar, you know, because that area does have residents in it, but it also is really known for seasonality. And so people would come there for on, on vacation because um, it's close to the Oh, beach. but the residents there also are of a vacation mindset. Okay. You know, I mean, everybody down there, whether they live there permanently or just. Is it because they're closer to the water or is it just the area? draws people in that are more vacation-minded or Well, relaxed. I think because it's kind of like isolated from, I mean, from the mainland that contributes to it also somehow. Like the energy that's on the island is concentrated on the island. It just it doesn't burst onto the mainland. So when you cross the bridge to go into the island, you're immediately going into a different energy, which is that of yeah. uh, more relaxed no, vacation. I mean, the, the, the relaxed energy is on Chincoteague, and then if you cross the bridge, it's a different kind of energy. I, well, I was crossing the bridge into yeah, Chincoteague. No, no, right, right. <laughs> You're crossing the yeah. bridge out of Chincoteague. No. <laughs> so, but yes. Well, that's interesting. Um, cause you really do feel that, you know, when you're heading somewhere, uh, like specifically, at least I feel like if I'm going to the mountains, I feel like I'm going on vacation or if I'm going to the, some Island somewhere, I definitely feel like I'm going on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much more relaxed. I imagine a bigger Island with a big city on it could be a little different, but yeah. Yeah. Quite different. So that's, that's cool. So is it a good idea to um, switch over now to the uh, Chincoteague horse pony fairies? Ponies, they're called ponies because most of them are a little smaller. They say sometimes that's because of the what they eat out there makes them a little smaller than a big horse. But um, maybe we can get some insight on that, too, why they're called ponies. Oh, they're called ponies because they're actually half the size of horses. Right, but I heard that was because of what they eat. Oh, I thought it was because of their sort of descendants of some kind of special breed of horse that came over maybe. on Spanish galleons. I know. I, I, I don't know. I've heard both things. So maybe they know. Maybe they could tell us. Um, the, the, the pony fairies. Well, the pony fairies. Uh, I don't know if the pony fairies can actually tell us that. The pony fairies can t- talk to us about the existing ponies there. Okay. And so... Um, yeah, the f- pony fairies, each pony's got two fairies. Two fairies? Yes, I know. Um, whereas the cats had one, these pony fairies have two. And even though ponies are certainly larger than cats, um, the, the pony attendants, they're not, they're not larger than the cat attendants. However, they do have a different costume. Um, if anybody's interested in what the cat costume looks like, you can check out our earlier podcast, the first one on fairies. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the, the pony attendants, they wear trousers because they've got to be more agile. Um, and it seems like they're, they're actually more involved in, 
caring for the ponies. Now, are these men or women? Fairies. Oh, they're, they're no sex. Okay. Uh, I can't. Yeah, they're they're androgynous. Okay. Um, um, I mean, I see them as kind of like little little people, you know, with arms and legs and bodies and heads. They're dressed in trousers, or I, I should say, jodhpurs, <laughs> which are kind of like knee length trousers, and then they seem to have also kind of like these. I don't know what you call them, riding, riding sticks. Not to beat the ponies, but just sort of like to tap them gently when they want them to do something or turn a certain way or whatever. So they help with the flies. They help with the keeping the ponies' coats and manes like well-groomed and um, clean, meaning so like no bugs in them. Um, and also they try to keep the ponies happy, like they played games with them. So if you listen to the previous podcast, the, the pony attendants are much more involved with the ponies that they're attending than the cat attendants are, which is kind of interesting. I think it could be. Because at the moment, I'm only talking to the pony attendants of the ponies that are not wild anymore. Um, um, what do you mean they're not wild anymore? Are they in... Meaning that every year there's a roundup where the ponies from Assateague Island are brought over to Chincoteague. And the young ponies that are of an age to be separated from their mothers, I mean, they're, they're all inspected and, and by vets and given medical treatment if needed. But then some of the younger, younger ones, they're bought by people. So if they're bought, they're taken away. And there, there are people on Chincoteague that actually own ponies, so they have them in their backyards. And, um, or whatever we call sort of like the pen that ponies would be in. So maybe it's, maybe the attendants for these ponies are paying more attention to them because they're not free anymore and in the wild. Um, so do they get, the wild ones have two attendants as well? As the, that's a good question. Hmm. Uh, yes, I, th I think they do. No, no, no. They have one. Oh, interesting. So the wild ones have one attendant, and then the... Um, the not wild ones have two. Okay. Although it could be that the wild ones have... Their life is not easier, because a lot of the time, uh, you know, you, you see them, and they're always eating stuff in the marsh. And sometimes... They're standing in this in the stagnant water for days on end. The, days on end. The ponies or the um, the ponies. Oh, oh, the ponies are in the stagnant water. Well, yeah, because it's in the marshland. Yeah, right? it's marshland that they hang out in. And I think probably the attendants 
the, the wild ponies have got fewer attendants because the attendants don't want to be standing around in the water all the time. <laughs> Wouldn't they be riding the horse, riding the little ponies on their back or yeah, something? Yeah, but they can't do that all the time. Oh, I see. You know. All right. So you've got the really hardy attendants who are willing to go and be attendants to the wild ponies. And they Those have... are the ones who are really dedicated to their jobs. And do they have little boats and stuff? Oh, No. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is a hard life for these these attendant fairies. Well, you know, I mean, like I said, they're dedicated, so they don't think of it as a hard life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but they want to do all they can to make sure that the wild ponies are safe and healthy. Um, yeah. So there are. I mean, there's communication between the wild pony attendants and the the tame pony attendants, also. Well, I have, um, like, I have uh, a question, but Diana's sitting over there laughing because she's surprised. She's surprised at finding anything out about these pony fairies. <laughs> but, you know, so they're, they're in a way, like other animal attendants, their main job is to keep the animal... Happy, healthy. Happy and healthy. Yeah. Um, so they don't do any... Um, collective energy work out there necessarily for making it more of an island or relaxed atmosphere. Well, no, they, their, their job is, is, you know, make the ponies lives happier and healthier and protected. And by doing that, they make the whole island, you know, they contribute to the whole positive energy of the island. So the ponies are in the marshland a lot. Is that because they choose to be there, or is that really the main wild area that's left for the wild ponies? Oh, no. I mean, um, it's not that the area has been built up. or, or uh, The only thing on there is basically this little town. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is protected um, federal land. And they choose the marshes because they... Yeah, because they eat the plants there. Oh, they really like the plants, yeah. the marsh plants. Mm-hmm. And do they go up on the beach like the acetate Oh, ponies? yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. so they uh-huh. love the beach. Yeah, they love the beach, too. Okay. Yeah, because those two beaches are connected. I see. Yeah, so they can go back and forth anytime they want. Right. But, I mean, they're, they're not going to be... The wild ponies are not going to be, you know, uh, walking in amongst throngs of people. No. Although I've been camping down there in the... On Astigue, and the ponies will, will do that. Yeah, I know, especially but there's got, not that many people camping down there. Especially if you have some food. <laughs> oh, I know. They come into your tent. I've been camping down there, too. Yeah, Yeah, you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. They're worse than raccoons. I just put it that way. Or Like, I mean, they're, they're hungry all the time. It's, yeah. You know, they're always looking for food. So their main life is just eating. Yeah, just like the pigs. <laughs> They're eating, 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 you know. So that's the wild ponies. The, I mean, the, the tame ponies have got a little bit easier since they don't have to go out and look and forage for their food. They get it handed to them. But the pet ponies, they often give rides to people. Well, hopefully it's just to little kids. Oh, okay. Because you know. they're small. They're horses. small. Yeah. I mean, an adult sitting on a, one of these ponies would break it. Oh. I think Diana's thinking of a really big adult because some adults are kind of small. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. Be, I some, wouldn't feel comfortable kid. sitting on a pony. I don't think the pony would like that. 
Okay. So. So the is there anything that the ponies or the pony fairies want to say to us? Uh, yeah, they're saying, "Come on down, come on down and see Chincoteague, see the ponies." Um, so they're like an ambassador for the area. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know. At the wild ponies and the tame ponies, they both love it down there. And um, and they love it when people come. Oh, oh, yeah, they do. Um, not too many people, though. <laughs> um, but, but they're excited because, you know, they're getting all this attention. And they, I think that's one of the reasons people come down there, to see the wild ponies. Yeah, it's very exciting. At least on the East Coast, there aren't very many places you can see wild ponies or horses. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do so. they ever gallop around? I, I, okay, the only time I've seen them gallop around is during this roundup that happens in July. Well, ask them. Is there, are they, do they ever gallop around when no one's looking? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, they gallop around. Mm -hmm. They like to have fun. I mean... Okay, they're not eating all the time, right? <laughs> okay, now and, we're now we're finding out they have a little more life than eating. Yeah, 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 they do. You know, I mean, they they gallop around. They play amongst themselves. They they take naps. They walk through the woods. Uh, they're curious. They look for things. Oh, they like watching the birds. Some birds hang around them and eat the bugs off of them. Yeah, they like watching the people, too. Sometimes they think that people are really crazy. Well, we are. <laughs> you know, we are like, we aren't immune from being crazy, a little crazy. <laughs> a lot crazy. Um, do they, would, would they be happier if we gave them their own beach in the summer where there weren't any people? Oh, but they kind of have that anyway with the Assateague Beach. But the Chincoteague ponies can't really get there. No, they can. They just walk oh, they, down there. Oh, okay. So they go back and forth between Assateague and Chincoteague. Yeah. Quite fluidly. Can. Yeah. You know, they can swim. They can walk. Um, no, they like it there. Uh, they've got enough space. The land is not being consumed. Um They've got enough to eat. And they like people, they like interacting with people the way they do? Yeah. They don't necessarily want more interaction? No, no. They don't want more interaction. What they have is fine. Mm. And um, they may think of, so like the tame ponies as being, so like, you know, lost causes in terms of being kidnapped or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> but there's enough communication between them. For them to realize it's not really the case. But there's some that really prefer to be wild. And there's some that don't mind or, or like being tame. You know? mm -hmm. I mean, they're all individuals. Right. They're individuals and a collective at the same time, right? Right. Yeah. Just like us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they have any advice for us humans? Um... And this is kind of weird, but they're saying stand your ground. And I don't know what that is in reference to. The ponies are saying that or the pony fairies? The ponies are staying, saying that. 
Stand your ground. And do the ponies have anything to say? I mean, the pony fairies? <laughs> Sorry. They're, they're, agreeing, they're agreeing with that. But again, it's like... Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Uh, I don't really know what the context of that is. And they're saying... Um, they're, they're, don't get pushed around. Okay. I can't imagine... Okay. Who would be pushing around the wild ponies? Well, they're giving that advice to us, the humans. So yes, yes. Saying yeah. us humans don't, you know, stand your ground and don't get pushed around. Oh no, that's right. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to live free, live free. Live free. If you don't, don't. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you for that piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. No, they're saying, oh, you're welcome. You know, but this is this is what we live by. Oh, interesting. Can they? Um, do they have a favorite food that they like? I don't know why I asked that after I asked the advice for humans, but... A favorite food? Mm hmm Hmm. Well, uh, I don't know. They're, they're saying what they eat is not that um, varied. But there are some berries that grow down there, I believe, and they like them. Well, blackberries. Um, they're kind of like a dark-colored berry. Mm. And they really like them. But, of course, they only eat, I mean, they don't grow year-round, only specific right. times of the year. Um, but they like, they like the grass they eat, too. So, All right. Any final word? Yeah, before we go back to the mm. Chincoteague fairies, or all fairies, and just get a final... No, they're saying they're saying bon voyage. Bon voyage. Bon voyage. <laughs> Maybe they are going somewhere. Maybe the ponies are going somewhere. I don't think the ponies are going somewhere. Do the ponies time travel at all, or do they just stay there? Hmm. It's an interesting question. Hmm. They can time travel. They can go backwards and into the future. Oh, very interesting. What would they go back? In, what would they go into the future for? Hmm, just because they're curious. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't. Okay, they're saying they can't. They can't really go that far into the future. They can't go like a hundred years or two hundred years. They can go maybe like fifty years. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, I know why they go. They they they're saying they go there because they can see their lineages. Oh. Yeah. And they want to keep track of that. I see. And so they, they go back in time to say something to their lineages as well? Yeah. Again, to keep track of them. Mm -hmm. And they go forward in time just to see what's possible. Oh. They're very interesting. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> all right. Do all the fairies of Chincoteague want to say anything? They're just saying, Bye. <laughs> See you soon. All right. And so they're all they're they're just waving their fairies and the, the gnomes from the whole island. And I'm they're waving goodbye. I'm expecting that's millions of them. Probably millions. <laughs> well, maybe not millions. Certainly thousands. Right. All right. Goodbye. Thanks for showing up today. <laughs> Thanks for all your words of wisdom. They're saying, bye, bye, you're welcome, bye, see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>
That's all for this episode of the 1 to 9 Podcast. Thank you for listening and please sign up for our newsletter at 1to9podcast.com.